I'm Austin from Number One Babe Team, and you're listening to KU Radio. From the University of Utah, you're listening to Local for Locals, a KU radio production where we talk with local musicians, emerging artists, and underground visionaries. Uh, talk about new music, upcoming shows, and just get to know the people behind the music scene right here in Salt Lake City. Hello, everyone. I'm your co-host, Jules. And I'm your other co-host, William. And we're back with another episode of Local for Locals. It's a great Friday morning here in the studio, and we're here with Austin Michael, the frontman of Salt Lake's very own indie pop band, Number One Babe Team. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. How's it going? For sure. Good morning, everyone. So, yeah, just tell us a little bit about, uh, about yourself, like where you're from, um, kind of like how you started the band. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm from Utah, Salt Lake City originally, and I left for about a decade and came back and um, like officially kind of formed this band a little over a year ago. And there's some other members in your band that aren't here with us today? Yes, I have uh, Andrew Robertson on multi-instrumentals and um, guitar and keyboards. Actually, I should say that again. <laughs> um, we, we have Andrew Robertson on keys, guitar, and also using Ableton on our live performances. And Kelsey Webb plays drums for us when we perform live. Cool. You guys said you've been playing for about a year together? Yeah, I think we're, we kind of passed our, our one-year anniversary as a, as a band recently. What's the origin story? Like, how did you guys find each other? Let me, let me see. <laughs> um, so I, I had known Andrew from pre-pandemic, and um, we, we had hung out a couple times. He had actually come to, to some parties. Uh, he was friends with a grad school friend of mine. And uh, I hadn't seen him for two to three years, you know. Ran into him at a show. I had um, started this project, Number One Babe Team, but it was just me at the beginning. And Slug had reached out to me and asked me to play Localized. But I don't think Slug realized that I was just one person, you know. <laughs> like, I'd released a few singles with a friend. Um, so I ran to Andrew and was like, hey, do you want to play Slug Localized in a couple days? And, you know, we threw through that together and it was nice to be able to play that with um, a friend and not just by myself. And do you have any, did you have any previous musical project, projects? Do you right now have any other musical projects going on? Number one babe team is the main thing I'm focusing on. Uh, I've put a lot of energy into making this album we're about to release or maybe um, have released already depending on when this podcast drops. Oh, so very soon this is coming up. June 9th uh, is the release show at Exciting. International. Yeah, that might be out by now. So yeah. <laughs> go stream it, I guess, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm just curious. How did you decide on the name Number One Babe Team? It's from Adventure Time. It's based off Ice King's drum kit. He's got Number One Babe on the kick drum. Uh, yeah. We love it. And then we <laughs> had a team, you know. Um, actually, it was my, my friend and I, Amy, we always used to make up fake band names and pretend like we were in these right. fake bands. And so we thought, we always thought Number One Babe Team was a funny name. And so, like, years before I actually adopted the, the band name, we, we would joke. I remember we were at, like, the first Kilby Block party, and our, our joke would be like, oh, we should get so-and-so to open for Number One Babe Team for our fake band, you know? Like, um... 
uh, who was the headliner the first year? It was uh, like Death Cab for Cutie. You know, we're mm-hmm. watching Death Cab. And we're like, oh, we should see if Death Cab wants to like open for a number one babe team. And this this being a completely made up band name, and um, I kind of had to ask permission if I could use it as a real band <laughs> name. Like several years later, when I started this project. Maybe you'll manifest it and one day be headlining number one babe team. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, we'd have to get a lot bigger and Death Cab would have to take a serious hit. Are you going to the block party this year? I'm going to the block party cool. this year. Who are you most excited to see? I'd have to pull up the schedule. Yeah, there's just there's a ton of them. <laughs> um, who am I the most? I, you know, I was, I was really excited to see Deerhoof on the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw them live like a decade ago. Should I, turn, should I pull up the lineup? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Is that interesting? What's yes. interesting to talk about? What do you guys like? Um, what's, Jules, what's number What's one? interesting to you guys just in music? I'd rather kind of dialogue than answer questions. Oh, yeah. Um, personally, I'm really excited to see Pixies and Surf Curse, but they decided to put their sets on the, at the same time. So I'm having a little bit of a dilemma because I don't really know who I should see. I heard that Surf Curse puts on like an insane live performance. But it's the Pixies. But it's the Pixies. So <laughs> I don't like, I don't know what to do. I could split it half and half. I could go to one. I don't know. But that's the only issue with these festivals. I'm like, the, the lineups can't be like so good. And then like they do overlapping sets. You know? Yes. So that's a dilemma. It really is. I'm trying to find the, the schedule. Um, I saw the Pixies four years ago. Cause like, I, you know, God, that band is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you got to see it. but um, And they put on a, a great show. So I wish I could give you more advice okay. on who to see. But um, four years ago, the Pixies, you never really know, you know, when, exactly, when, yeah. when the band's that old, but they were great. What about you, William? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and Alex G is huge for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just I can't stop listening to the strokes no matter what I do. Like, just, I, that's gonna be amazing. Um, also, my sister saw Indigo de Souza. Oh, I've she's kinda, awesome! I've always been kind of jealous, so now I get to see him too. Um, it should be fun. Can I see the schedule lineup? I'm just looking at or the, just the, the, the poster. Yeah, you can, you can have the computer. Yeah, I, I think it's fun. We got like. Um, we basically got the the three the headliners are like three different decades. You got like pavement from the '90s, strokes from the 2000s, yeah, yeah, it's from like late 2000s, early 2000 teens. Mm-hmm. Um, they added people to the schedule. They did. Yeah, they they did, added um, Duster. I know later on who I'm really excited about. Indigo, no, Indigo D'Souza's on there. Um, they added that I was excited about. I, 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 I am excited. I saw <laughs> Alex G this year, and that was a fun show. At the Soundwell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. That was a really good show. Um, so kind of back into, like, your music. Um, how would you <laughs> kind of describe the music that you play? I know it's hard to describe music, um, but is there, like, a kind of specific genre you fall into, like, any influences that you, like, had growing up or even now that kind of, like, transfer over into your own yeah. music and songwriting? yeah. Why do you think it is that, that artists have such a hard time like defining their own genre? Any guess? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like it's just so fluid. Like There's so many different like boxes you could fit in that like, you really can't fit in one box, you know? 
Could be, yeah. I feel like sometimes I was wondering this the other day because I was reading like your sheet, and and I wonder if it's sort of like that maybe the artist has a certain lack of control of what they create. Yeah. And therefore, yeah, like, but you know, I could be completely off with that. I mean, we're we're generally indie rock. Mm-hmm. Um, we integrate through Ableton some like um, retro electronic elements in some of our songs, and then we definitely take time in our sets to just like free play go full-on shoegaze or psych rock. That's an interesting one, yeah. Maybe maybe just any one genre is just too, too just black and white. And there's so many sub-genres out there. Like, even, like, on, yeah. like, my Spotify, like, what, like, recommended, like, playlists, I feel like there's just, like, a million, like, even types of, like, indie playlists mm-hmm. or, like, even like, sub-genres within those. Like, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Like, like, indie rock you know? doesn't really say right. much <laughs> of anything, you know? Yeah. But uh, uh, we fit in that large umbrella. So when you were coming up, who like who was your j- jam? Like who were you listening to most as a, as a young guy? That's a good question. I think you know music for me started um, you know adolescence, like a lot of people. And I remember like my first instrument is bass guitar. And I remember high school, I just always come home, pick up the bass, and just play along to records. Um, for at least an hour every day. And, and that's where I got my start. And it was a lot of just pop rock, like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blink-182, catchy stuff. And I just I just loved like picking away at the bass guitar. Um, and I think that that sort of catchy sensibility will maybe never escape me, for better or for worse. Um, I definitely don't listen to that much pop punk these days. Um, I think for the album, I two albums that that were influenced going into making the album "See You Later" was "Clean" by Soccer Mommy and "Lush" by Snail Mail. Yeah, and and I th- I think what I really love about those records is there's this balance where you could you know you could go on a road trip, you can kind of rock out to it, but you could also you know like get high, chill out on the couch, and just like jam to those music. So I, I found the way that those albums balanced those two elements very intriguing. I, I don't know if um, our record necessarily sounds that much like those records, but that was definitely sort of the, the philosophy or thought going into making this record as a whole. Those are two heater records. Mm-hmm. I, I just bought snail mail tickets like was I a couple? Yeah, the twelfth she played at the Soundwell. I, mean, yeah. I, totally, I was there. I was there as well. I totally yeah. missed it. I bought tickets and it just it came and went and I missed out. You uh, bought you bought the tickets but didn't end up going to the show. I, I didn't set a reminder. Oh, I hate that. Uh, I hate it when 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 you're like, I want to go to that show. I'm gonna buy tickets and then you wait a week and then it's sold out. Mm-hmm. It's like the, one of the worst feelings. Um, she was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like, just loving <laughs> Guinness on stage. Like, she yeah. was great. It was yeah. like a stand-up show That's with, what I with said. some music. It was like a stand-up comedy <laughs> show, and then she just happened to, like, jam out. It, it was great. Yeah. yeah. She was having a lot of fun on stage. Okay, so you got two singles on Spotify right now. I want to ask, I'm always so fascinated with the writing process. What? It, where do you like to start when, you, when you're sitting down to make a new tune? The writing process. Um, yeah, we had two singles. I kind of feel like those two singles were sort of like the pre-official number one babe team start and was... I don't want burp in my mouth. 
let it go. <laughs> um, I, I put those out with my friend Brendan, and he was the big producer for those songs. And so those songs just started uh, acoustic guitar and vocals, and, and he really um, built those songs out. He's, he's doing a lot of heavy lifting as far as like drums, guitar, bass, and pretty much most of the instruments on those singles. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's interesting. Were there any, like, challenges you <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, um, going back to maybe directly your mm-hmm. question, it's, for me, it's always chords and melody, mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, lyrics come later, and I think, you know, it's almost like the lyrics reveal the song. It's like, oh, that's what that song was about, or this is what's going on inside of me, um, as I write this song. Uh, I think when... I feel lucky sometimes I'll get inspiration of like a melody and lyrics at the same time, which I think when that comes to you, it's sort of like, okay, you got something there when they come together in a package. And do you like to, um, when you're just acoustic guitar, are, do you like to like demo out the songs beforehand before you get into the studio or are you just, uh, are you, is it all up here? No, I mean, uh, not initially. I was I was so oriented towards just you know writing on acoustics. You got just chords, melodies, lyrics, um, chords, melody, lyrics, and um, Brendan really built those songs out in a way that I was so impressed. Um, I should say Brendan Crave, who used to live uh, in Utah, no longer does, but I. <sighs> Just those singles, you know, Self-Conscious Dancer and Fever American Dream, he really showed me was possible as far as building a song out, even just from like a bedroom producer standpoint. And that's really what I've had to do on the album. Uh, it's, you know, I started the album before I had bandmates. And, and you just have to try stuff out over and over again to see what works, as opposed to, you know, you write the songs with the band. You take the band and you just record what you do when it's just, you know, one person working. It's like, okay, let's try these drums. Okay, that kind of works, kind of doesn't. You know, try the drums again. And, and it's a time-consuming process. I think every track on that record has probably been done, like redone, done three or four times at least to just find out what works. Um, Yeah, so on the topic of live shows, I know you guys played Urban Lounge earlier this year. Um, You know, do you play live music often? What is it like performing? How does that like differ from just recording in the studio? Well, we play, last year we played about like uh, one show a month between September and October. And um, I think what's cool about the album is I started the album by myself and then the band kind of came later. So it was cool to kind of fold some of the things we do live back into the album. And then, you know, obviously the album has also informed our live performances. Do you have a fe- uh, favorite memory playing a show at all, or any favorite shows that have, like stuck out to you? Favorite shows? Um, oh man, give me a second to think. I 
There's a show. This is definitely not a favorite show. This is an uncomfortable show. But okay, great. A long, a long time ago, I played bass guitar in a band called Team Awesome out of Boulder, Colorado. And we went on like a 22-day tour. And I was 19 at the time. And so, like, just so much fun on that tour. But uh, one of the shows we booked, we booked through a university. I can't remember what university I think it was it was in Oregon and the front person arranged it through like you know whatever organization set up shows and we're playing in the summer and they bring us into the cafeteria and there's like a little space for us to play and then there's like summer camp of like 10 year olds and so we were like, we we're like, so we're, we're playing all these like bars and venues. And then all of a sudden we play like this, this daytime show where, where we're essentially like lunchtime entertainment for a bunch of 10 year olds. I wish my elementary school had so, that. <laughs> and like these kids, you know, they're like eating their PB and J's and like watching us play. And so uh, I think we sold the most merch at that show out of <laughs> no any kidding. other. And I remember the front person was kind of pissed because they're like, like, I guess my target audience is, is 10-year-old children at summer camp. 10-year-old children at summer that camp. That is amazing. Um, but they all had cash from their parents, and they're <laughs> lining up to buy oh, yeah. shirts. Let's say Team Awesome bucks. on it. Uh, Die-hard fans right now. So, I don't, that, you know, that really stands out as, as a unique, awkward show that I played at one point. That's probably the best one we've heard so far. That's yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, you get your 10 bucks your mom gave you. Spend on merch. Um... Do you guys play? Um, um, I don't. I, I'm, I don't have a band or anything, but I like to play the guitar as much as the next guy. So yeah. you, I assume you write songs because you're interested in that. Um, I never write the words. I got a buddy who does the words, and yeah. I like to write the music. Oop. I need to get someone to write write the words, as you say. ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah, right. I actually have thought about that. Um, I... I it seems so much like cheating. It seems like, you know, but, like, I should try it, right? Like, maybe it's the best lyrics that, that quote, I ever wrote, you know, this chat GPT. Yeah. Um, that, that's the longest part of the writing process for me. I think the chords and melody come easy, and then, yeah. then I have to spend a few days picking up, uh, chipping away. Yeah, it seems like a lot of pressure. At the lyrics. A lot of pressure? Just what, what do you say? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're re like releasing them, and ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I could do it. I don't know. Jules, did you ever play an instrument? I did. Yeah, I played um, piano for a lot of my life. Honestly, when I moved out here, like away from my hometown, I stopped because I don't have like a piano now, really, yeah. and I just like kind of got busy with other things. But I do love to play just in my yeah. free time. You didn't move a piano to your dorm. I mean, like, I should. Yeah. I really should. D.I. got Do you ever go on Facebook Marketplace? Do you get stuff for free all the time? I swear, people are giving away pianos like candy out here. I just like, want to see someone moving a piano into their dorm room. Yeah, I got two roommates right now. It must have been done at some point. Yeah. Some like music a full student. drum set, 22 fingers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just something that's heinous for, for your roommate. I did play the stand-up bass when I was in elementary oh, school. Oh, nice. When you had to pick, well, like, in middle school, when you had to pick an instrument for the orchestra. No, I was actually really short growing up, and they had to, like, make me, like, a custom one. So Whoa. I had They little, made you a custom stand-up Yes, like, bass. where I got, where they got the instruments from had to, like, 
make one for like, you a four-foot-year-old. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I liked it. I love bass, so I, th- I thought it was pretty good. But yeah. did, you, did you ever yeah. play elementary school band? Uh, I played in high school. Yeah, high school. I played stand-up bass in high school oh, cool. for a uh, concert band and jazz band. You guys yeah. are soul brothers. Yeah. I want to see this <laughs> cute little upright bass. I'll have to find a photo of it or something. Like it is kind of great, honestly. So yeah. I kind of did wish I stuck with I stuck with it, but nice to throw down on the baritone saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We all got uh, like elementary or high school yeah. band stuff. Yeah, I was interesting in high school. You know, it'd be like I'd just be playing punk rock bass when I got home, and then waking up early and playing like jazz upright bass <laughs> in the morning. Um, but that was really nice, kind of like juxtaposition you know the ability to get to play stuff that's more technical and mm-hmm. completely different to maybe like rock music yeah sometimes you just need somebody to tell you to practice you know or otherwise you never will um i got another interviewee question for you next six <laughs> months where do you see number one babe team okay what are you doing? let me let me just i should just say what I should say, and then we could circle back if we need to. But um, I started See You Later, which is our debut album, in March 2022. And we have a release show on June 9th at International. And we're playing with Muser and Goldie and the Guys. And um, what did you ask me? Just next oh, six months. Yeah. So so like I've I've just spent so much time on that album of like building it out. Like like we were talking about demoing. It's just like every track on that album had to be demoed and created repeatedly just so everything fit together. And we took a break in the summer, this last summer to play shows. We're about to take a break. Um, or I should say. We're going to release the album, and I'm just really excited to getting back to songwriting, performing, practicing. So you say what's next for Number of Babe Team is I've been working on this album for forever, or at least a pretty decent amount of time, and I'm excited to just get back to playing, writing. Yeah, we're excited to hear it. That's awesome. For sure. Um, so you mentioned you were at Urban Lounge last night seeing Daytime Lover and mm-hmm. some other local bands. What are some of your other favorite local bands that you've seen around here? Daytime Lover put on an amazing set last night, and so did no- Nicole Kanan. I think that's the best I've seen either of those two people play. And um, I think it's just a real privilege to, to be in the scene that seems to be just really growing and and putting out just a caliber of music that I haven't heard come out of Salt Lake before. Um, it's great to see just Nicole Kanan and Daytime Lover, how much they've grown, how much they've done in just the last last year. So those are definitely bands of mine. Um, I think last year, Nick Simeon put out a single. And as far as I know, Nick does not play live, but he put out a single called Monkey Mind. That was one of my favorite songs last year. I don't know if you heard that one. I haven't yet. <laughs> and um, Home Phone's record that came out last year like blew my mind uh, you know again you talk about this sort of home production it like incredible are you a fan of dad bod you don't know they're next <laughs> they're, 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 they're just our next <laughs> they're coming in next <laughs> I don't want to say anything else, I, I, um, I don't dislike dad bod but I also not like crazy about them 
How long have you guys been doing this uh, podcast? Obviously, please don't put that. No, no, no. Yeah, we'll cut that out. My bad. Um, um, we I think I started just this just this semester. Like, yeah, is it, so this is a pretty new podcast. Yeah, I did it with um, our current director, Easton. Yeah. Um, like first like week of September through like December, and then he, William started doing them. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, What's been your some of your favorite bands that have come in? Um, I love Citrus. You know them? Mm-mm. Okay, you should check them out. Right. Yes. They, spelled, like, they remind like, me a lot of like, yeah. yep, <laughs> five letters. They're awesome, I think. We Three, had, six letters. Yeah. They, um, that was a goofy time. They kind of remind me of like Front Bottoms, Pine Grove-esque, like modern baseball. They're really good. So, so like the Midwest. Yeah, rock. exactly. Yeah. Um, it's like two dudes, the guitar and drum set, and like they rock out. Oh, nice! So I will check them out. Yeah, um, I think I got to talk more about like Muser and Goldie and the guys who are playing our release party, mm-hmm. and I think it speaks to the scene of just like we just love all those humans. You know, we're just excited to hang out with them. We also love their music, and uh, it really feels like we're celebrating with friends. Just the point. You know, we put. A lot of work in this album, and we're going to celebrate, and we're going to get these cool bands that we love to hang out with, and we love their music, and play a show together. That's fantastic. We ought to have them on the show. You definitely should. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Uh, I think, I'll just throw out some other names, but I think Mercy Seat, big fan of them. Um, they put on a cool show at International this week, and there's actually an artist who who I recently discovered called Hiss Orchid, who has ambient music, and and they just make, like, the craziest sounds. And again, it's just, like, this bedroom recording of, like, you did this at your house. It sounds <laughs> incredible. I want to say fucking incredible, but, you know, I don't know. You can. You can. I can say, yeah. I can say it sounds fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, wow. Um, I think with a mic, I am just feel like I'm at a radio station. It does feel very like I feel like it we're does, di- but it's so early in the morning. It's I feel like I'm 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 radio. disoriented. Thank you for being patient with me. Oh yeah, thanks for being patient with us. <laughs> um, it's finals week right now, right? Just about. Yeah, just about. about it. Uh, Gross. Kinda, school's kind of kicking my ass. Yeah. I don't I don't envy that. <laughs> but also, again, shout out ChatGPT. <laughs> no. God, there's so many I get so much weird weird articles in my feed about like um the potential of AI replacing music. I think there's a lot of debate out there whether that's possible, whether it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, like maybe AI will benefit music, maybe it'll destroy it, but who knows. Yeah. I keep seeing AI generated Drake songs and they just sound like Drake songs and it's like wow this is very possible yeah to just teach somebody how to make a Drake song yeah I think Dead Mouse I mean Dead Mouse he's being like somewhat facetious because he always is but no not Dead Mouse um <laughs> yes Dead Mouse the EDM producer right yeah. I always get Danger Mouse and Dead Mouse confused but um Hip-hop EDM. uh Dead Mouse made an interesting comment of like you know, AI can only do what we've done. So if AI just does like the crappy pop model, then that forces artists to create new things because AI's already got everything that's derivative covered. Yeah, 
No, that is true. That is true. I never thought about it like that, actually. Yeah. But boy, can I write an <laughs> essay. Or have you yeah, ever been like... So you guys, I wonder about that for school of like, you know, you oh, can yeah. have it write an essay and, and they can't probably can't well, plug the into the pl- plagiarism <laughs> algorithm. For the record, academic integrity is very important <laughs> at the University of Utah. But I'm... No doubt. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like now like professors nowadays, it's like in their syllabus, like AI is plagiarism. And you're like... But they can't catch you yeah. yet. <laughs> I don't know. They haven't. I haven't gotten any complaints. Um, some of my classes, we l- talk about AI. We use AI like for like course content. Like it's already being yeah right introduced naturally. Brave new world. But have you ever wanted a robot that could do your homework for you? It's <sighs> true. Yes and no. <laughs> I kind of like my homework these days, which isn't homework. Do you guys want to know anything else? Um, Is this, have I said anything interesting? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, was, I always ask, like, for shameless plugs, and then you, like, band shout-outs, but you gave us a lot, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any ghost stories? Ghost stories? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I got one. Um, like, uh, my dad, uh, ghost story. Um, I guess I'll say, I, I'll say, I'll, I'll maybe get a little vulnerable, but, um, at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, my dad, uh, he killed himself. And so, uh, you know, that was a crazy year for everyone, but that was obviously very difficult. And, um, there's a few songs on the album that, that kind of are, are about that or me processing that. But you ask about ghost stories, so you know I think <laughs> ghost stories is my my dad had passed away and and he was like always very fastidious about locking the door at the house, you know, and so it was like a few weeks later after my dad had died, and I'm in bed and I never lock the door. Like I live in an apartment and it's like the front door's locked, whatever, you know I don't care. And I wake up because of the sound of, like, a, it sounds like a key turning, like, enough for me to wake up. And I go over to the door, and it's locked. And I never lock the door. And I'm just like, this is totally like Dad's, like, make sure you keep the house locked, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's that story. I know that's kind of. It's like a sweet ghost story. It's a sweet ghost story. <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously it's kind of an uh, intense subject of, you know, losing parents, especially by suicide. But um, I can mention all, all of these songs on the record were written during the pandemic. So it's, that was an introspective time for a lot of people, a lot of content, and even just bands were generated in that period of time. So... It's it's a collection of work that was created during that that period of history. Probably did a lot for music, honestly. Like a lot of people were inside, just like banging out songs and like yeah. so bored that like I feel like their creative gears yeah. like were grinding extra hard. So yeah, Mac that was one great just thing. Released an yeah. album with two hundred songs. Oh yeah. So. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Are they good? I haven't listened to any of them. <laughs> Are all, all two hundred good? <laughs> I bet they're all in these. order right now. Right but now. they're yeah. all <laughs> incredible. They're all bangers. Um, yeah, I I. 
you tell me, but I feel like we've seen a little bit of a, a post-pandemic renaissance in our music scene. I, I've been blown away by a lot of the bands and records that I've heard come out in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, I mean, any other questions you got or anything else? Things to say? Well, what, I talked about the record? Any advice for somebody who wants to get started in the Salt Lake City music scene? I saw that. I saw that in like your in the mm-hmm. the sheet. And yeah. I, can you specify that a little bit more? Like, like, like say who some, that wants to accomplish what? If I like playing little tunes with my friends, and I wanna, I wanna start gigging. I wanna start writing songs. Where where do I start? Where where does somebody like? There are like venues that are easy to get into or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm the person to speak to that. <laughs> you know. I'm just sort of like follow your heart. Like be the most authentic you you can be. You know. And um, you know if you know the advice I give. If you really want like concrete advice, it'd just be hassle people. Hassle people. Like just <laughs> like email like it, yeah. email everyone you can think of. <laughs> And be annoying. Uh, and, like, that might not be fun. Being annoying is not great. But uh, I think you just got to, like, send your stuff out there. You got to reach out for shows. That's, that sounded really boring. <laughs> <laughs> Slash annoying. Yeah, just, you know, you got to uh, hit up everyone you know. And you got to kind of keep with it because people are busy. True. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, and thank you, the listener, for listening. Be sure to check out Number One Babe Team on Instagram. That's at number.one.babe.team. And mark your calendars for June 9th to go see them at their album release show at the International. Thank you for tuning into today's episode for lo- of Local for Locals. Uh, see you guys next time with a new episode.